welcome to the Accelerate Podcast, a podcast for high-performing current and aspiring female founders and CEOs across Africa. And for those who also have a passion for Africa, this is the place to learn about the critical success factors and best practices of some of the most amazing high-performing female founders and CEOs as we help you grow to be the best version of you achieve time and financial freedom whilst living a significant life. Thanks for tuning in to listen. I'm your host, Nekamubi. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to our next episode of Accelerate Podcast. And I am super, super delighted to have a very good friend of mine called my sister, Violet Opere. Violet is the General Manager of CP Projects. Well, I'm going to tell me what CP Projects is. <laughs> of Shell International. And she covers Europe, Middle East, and Africa. She has over 28 years of professional and leadership development experiences with a strong track record of safety, commercial delivery, and transformational change in contracting and procurement. Violet started her professional career with a BSc in civil engineering from the University of Lagos, alongside MCIPS from the Chartered Institute of Purchasing and Supply. She has expertise in all facets of supply chain management from asset operations, logistics operations, wells operations, and major projects. She has diverse work experience in multiple countries. She spent 24 years and counting in Shell. She's worked in the UK, Brunei, the Netherlands and Nigeria, and four years for another oil company called Sasol, which was uh, based or she covered South Africa, Mozambique, Canada, Gabon, Papua New Guinea. She currently working at Shell International as a general manager of CP projects covering Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And she leads the contracting and procurement management of major capital projects across the region for all lines of business. Is her budget is probably the size of some African countries, way in the billions. Violent has been awarded the Fellow of the World Commercial and Contracting. The World Commerce and Contracting Fellow status is the highest accolade offered to its members. Violet, it's a delight. I'm so glad. You know, it's just a chit chat time, actually. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. So, first, what CP? What CP projects? So that's um, contracting and procurement for major projects. So oh, if wow. you think of the major projects in an energy company, so an oil and gas company, we indeed, when we call it major, we're in billions of dollars. And then you can imagine an offshore platform. You can imagine an FPS, so a floating production and um, um, offloading um, unit. You know, you can imagine a semi-sub, you know, offshore. And that's, that's yeah. That's Talk about a specialized career, and you've just <laughs> niched in that area. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me, what have been your highlights of working twenty over twenty years in one company? Yes, it's Shell, a major conglomerate. What's been your experience? What can you tell me? A major highlight and maybe a low light. Um, yeah, I like that, Neka. So, my let me start with my low light. I think my low light was when I was asked to lead. Um. I was in mid-management and I was asked to lead a global IT development project. We were, so con, I mean, contracting and procurement, yes, but we wanted to have 
a global IM system that put all our contracts in one place, gave people access, was able to use data, metadata. We're trying ahead of our time. This was long before you had, you know, metadata and, and the whole data, data centricity. And um, I led the project and it failed. So that was a low light. What was the value of that one? That was not, it's not an offshore project. So if you think of it, it's an IT project. So that was, um, at the time, what we had only invested about, it should have been about 20 million. We had spent maybe about three, four million before we realized it, it was going to fail. And I think that was the, the learning was, it's better to stand up and understand where this is going and put a stop to it rather than continue to sink more and more and more money, resources in there. And then you wait for the final failure. So when I say it failed, it didn't get to the end and then it failed. We stopped it because we saw it failing. We had the early warning signals and, and I was the lead. And um, yeah, I took a lot of learnings from that. Um, and, and I guess it's how you apply a learner's mindset to that. So that was my low light. My highlights have been just the professional excellence that I've been able to exhibit and get a number of um, recognition awards, um, delivering um, processes, innovative way of looking at processes, looking at it from the intent rather than from step-by-step -step action. When it comes to, you know, pulling new contracting, innovative contracting strategies together, and when it comes to managing teams and transforming a team and turning them into best performing um, professionals. So those have been my highlights, yeah. You have a first degree from Nigeria, but you are a global <laughs> employee. I mean, and this is like having even won the highest accolades. <laughs> you know, so it's not really only about, okay, <laughs> Ivy Leagues and all of that. You know, you are product of Nigeria in Africa. Completely. Uh, <laughs> completely, full, you know. <laughs> You know, how have you thrived competing with um, also the best around yes. the world with multiple degrees and all that? Yeah. Neka, I have to first say I'm a Christian through and through. So I don't think I can answer this question without first giving praise and glory to God. And I think it's the first thing is to know that there's nothing God cannot do. And yes, it's not about where you started from. It's about where, how you go through the process and what you take out of the process and, and what you believe. So, so that's first and foremost. Um, I think excellence in all you do is the most important thing. And so when I started in Nigeria, I, I worked for five years and since then I've been out. And you are right. I am competing with people who went to Harvard and, and you know. Princeton and, and, and all and those, yes. Yeah, exactly. And I have them working for me. But it's, Keeping a learner's mindset and a learner's mindset does not mean that you are, it, it just means that with every incident you go through, you reflect on what you take from it and you take things away. So you keep building. So I keep improving myself. I've been improving myself from the day I stepped into Shell and I, everything I do, I improve myself. I sometimes I'm talking to people and they're like, wow, you have a wealth of experience, but that is because I still remember a learning from 20 years ago and I bring it into play today. And so everything has always been not just things that fell by the wayside, but I've, I kept packing it up. And so you increase in your experience, in your professionalism, in your knowledge, and most especially in just how you deliver quality. Yeah. So tell, define excellence. What do you, because excellence can be very subjective. What's excellence to you? 
Because obviously, to work in a world company, um, excellence must at the bar. Yeah, really I've thrown you out there. <laughs> We're good. I mean, just yes. I mean, obviously, you have, you have a spirit of excellence, but what that extra violet touch? And and when I think of it, excellence starts with resilience. I think that's the first thing because I always believe there's a way out. So excellence is that resilience to go through a problem, believing there is a solution and looking for solutions, not always pointing out problems. I'm always looking for solutions. So that's the first, I think the conglomerate of thing. So for me, resilience, quality, the quality of what I bring out, no matter how small it is, even if it's just an email, I just make sure that it goes to the point. It's not anyone can write a long letter, I say, but it takes time to write a short letter. So I, I quality, quality in terms of the, the points you put across. Am I adding value? I'm always checking. Am I adding value? For me, that is excellence. Always seeking to add value, always adding value. And then the third one would be, excellence doesn't necessarily mean I know all the answers. It just means I'm able to integrate from people who have different answers and bring it together. Um, so, so that's how I would pull it together. So Very, very powerful. Oh, my. <laughs> I mean, I've seen it this way. You know, when you talked about resilience, right, and adding value, and also now, I guess, with the collaboration and, I guess, leveraging on the skill sets of those experts who, you know, are being able to use them. Wow. That, I haven't seen that that way. <laughs> that's very insightful. <laughs> you, how did you make it to being appointed a top executive at Shell International and thriving outside Africa. So when you look back, I mean, I can sit here and say, oh, it's been great. But no, I have the scars. I have the T-shirt. And um, um, I, I said to one of my colleagues the other day, when they were, it's been the theme now, Black Lives Matters and, and you know, diversity. And we were talking within my company about it. And they asked me, what do I think have I experienced? And, and just the method, have you experienced? And I said to them, I'm black, I'm a lady. <laughs> I'm from Africa. What do you think? <laughs> it hasn't been easy, I have to say. I think um, I've believed in myself, believed in who I am and what I have and, and the value I believe I'm able to bring. So I've always pushed through problems and I've always believed there's a solution. And I bring value. So, so that has not been easy. You will find situations where, and, and I think one of the thriving outside Africa has been learning about cultures, keeping myself open to understand different points of views, where people are coming from, understand different cultures, different points people are trying to get across. So you have to really get rid of your Nigerian mentality or whatever mentality you are coming from. And you have to understand that everybody that says something has a value that they are bringing. Even if they are being opposed into what you are saying, if you try and look at it from their aspect. And so just continue learning from even every difficult situation and just learning new cultures, new approaches, new ways of people looking at it. I mean, I've worked with the Dutch. I see how they look at things. I've worked with the British. I see how they look at things. Even the Asians in, in Brunei, too. Exactly. In Brunei, goodness me, they, they slow down. And I've learned to slow down, too. And this value is slowing down. You don't have to answer every question. It's value is slowing down. Absolutely. 
<laughs> yes. from, from, I learned that you know the the British they have their their way of not saying everything that is on their mind. Not like we Africans that have to pour out everything that is on our, on our minds. You know, uh, and then the Dutch are Frank, and then they tell you. So I learned from that, and I think I've just been able to blend with. It's very important that you blend with every culture that you go into. Yeah, and don't try and stand out. I don't try and stand out. I don't try and feel I'm different from them. I just try and blend in, but without losing my identity. I make it clear. I mean, you can see I haven't lost my African accent. I was going to say that. Oh, <laughs> 30 years and you're still shooting straight. There was a global function I went to and I was saying, oh, they might not understand me. Should I? And this dot guy said to me, Violet, you speak it exactly as it is. And I Exactly. And, and it gives it more passion. And Absolutely. Like that. So yes. I don't know who I am, but I also blend into the into the, the pictures and understand. Yeah. No, this is excellent as well. Even as you get um high and given that it's now in a global village, being able to blend, being able to understand people, looking at people from their own lenses, you know, because we see through different um lenses actually. Okay, so another follow-up question to that will be, of course, as you go up, you know, to the very senior levels, how do you maneuver around the political dynamics? That's very, very. (laughs) Yeah, because it's not just technical expertise now. When we are getting very high performing at this level, there is that element of political maneuvering. Yeah, you you are correct. And I will be amiss to say not. before I answer the political maneuvering, there's something that I wanted to say that I kept forgetting, which is people. One of my learnings, people matter. People. I get my pride, my self-actualization from taking care of people, from developing people, from helping people. It's so important that people around you, people matter. It's so important. Empathy is something I learned very early on was very important in management. Now to your political matters about <laughs> maneuvering. Um, I read this book called Winning some time ago, and that was when I had just become the first level manager. And from the whole book, I took one word out. It's no longer about you. And then another thing I've learned is what got me thus far is not what will take me to the next level. So what got me to middle management, hard work, working hard and, and, you know, just delivering to timelines is not what would take me to the next level. And I had to try and understand what will take me to the next level. And that was networking. I'm actually an introverted person. So I really had to break through and network. And, and what does networking mean? It means you get into a room. You don't just go and sit on the table and sit by yourself and wait for the meeting to start. You have to go around and introduce yourself and, and say hello, shake hands, and, and don't wait for people to come to you. So and you need to carry yourself with executive presence. People will not carry you with executive presence. It's how you carry yourself is how people will carry you. So, so those are things I had to learn moving into management. And as you move into even more senior management, you then, I then start to realize it's not even so much only now where I am, the space I'm in, about the team around me, but it's about integrative leadership. 
how do I connect Mr. X, who is somewhere else, with Mr. Z, with Mr. Y? And even if it doesn't have to do with what I'm delivering, well, how do I just make sure that all those connects are happening and everybody is just moving up, you know, team of teams and just continue to just integrate, integrative leadership. Um, so, so yeah, you continue to, I continue to learn and just continue to build. Yeah. Yeah. No, when you talk about integrative, I mean, definitely as, you know, as we progress high, it's about that. So the different, um, interconnecting the different networks right and being able to add value and all of that that's um and one more thing there is politics yes but i don't get involved in the politics so don't think you have to play the politics to get higher i don't but what is very important is networking you really cannot do this without networking and what is networking if i spend 12 hours of the day working and I don't reach out to people just to say, hey, guy, how are you? Ah, I saw you at the call. You were great. Or, oh, tell me about what you did. Uh, and, you know, stuff like that. Then you just are not really going to make it because then you are not putting yourself out there to hear from people, to learn from them and to give back what you have. So you have to put yourself out there. Right. And you said you're an introvert, but you realize it's important. So you, that's no excuse that, oh, I'm no, an introvert no, female, no, you know, no, no, I need to be, <laughs> no, no, you have to, if you want to get to that next. Fantastic. We've talked about your highlights and low lights. Any other learning experience just across board, not necessarily at work that you've experienced and what did you gain from that? Maybe one more. Maybe just still the people. When I left Shell and joined Sasol in South Africa, um, you, you, Shell is a giant and I came back to Shell. So obviously that's why I'm, you can see I'm still back in Shell. So Shell is a giant and we have so many more advanced processes, ways of experiences and all. So I joined a smaller company and yeah, I met a, a group of, um, you know, it, a small team there. And I just thought, you know what, going to, to polish everything up, their processes, everything. Oh, I had a plan and I was climbing the analogy I like to use is I looked at Mount Everest and decided I'm going to climb that mountain team. Come on, let's go, let's, let's go. go. I'm leading the way and I'm, I'm going with all the tools and everything. And I got to the top and looked behind and there was nobody behind me. And even those that were behind me, their faces looked so sad. It was disastrous. And I did not feel good at all. It was really bad after the first year. And so I spent a lot of time and invested in people invested one-to-one i don't i don't ever till today i don't ever shave off time for one-to-one so 60 sometimes depends on the time of the year sometimes i even make it 60 percent of my time one-to-one investing in people you know but never less than 30 percent just always investing one-to-one understanding where they're coming from understanding helping them to to gain from my experiences you are as good as the people you pull together and that's what I will just continue yeah, to move. No, very powerful. So yeah, you got to the top of Mount Everest, <laughs> but you were alone carrying the flag. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, exactly. you're not rejoicing with anybody. There may be one or two that maybe came in. Their faces didn't look as excited as I was. <laughs> wow, powerful so, yeah. learning. But I turned it around. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, I'm sure you did, because obviously... And that was my biggest achievement to date. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, the record speaks for itself, you know, from that learning. And you talk about the importance of people and people and people. I'd like to just share one more, Neka. Sorry. Just one more I'd like to share, which was actually Nigeria, because this is has to do with us in Nigeria. 
I was appointed the logistics manager for shell companies in Nigeria, somewhere around 2008. Before then, the profiles of those who were logistics managers were elderly men. So you can imagine I was way younger and I was a woman, first time ever. And the portfolio included almost a thousand drivers, included fleets of cars, you know, heavy lift vessels, um, supply chain, you know, um, marine vessels, light marine, heavy marine vessels, all of that. And what I want to share was that it was a daunting experience. I leaned on God. I leaned on God and I helped ask him to guide my every step. And this, this links back to people. They had a session in my very first month and there was a more experienced um, deputy I had who walked into my office that morning saying that the drivers were angry and they had kicked him out of the hall and they were asking to see me and there was a rage with them in the hall. That was the longest journey I've ever made to that hall. How, what am I going to do when the deputy who has been with them fully experienced was kicked out? I prayed all the way going there, but I got in there and I used a people approach and I stood there and I opened myself to them and I said, listen, you people are hurting, but I'm ready to listen to you and I'm ready to help you and I'm ready to be your mother. I used those words, but you people have to help me to help you. And they calmed down. Um, I can see some of your faces. Some of you are suffering. I can see. Some of you are pained. I can see. I can see. I'm looking. At, I first today, I stood for a few minutes just looking at their faces. And then I talked from the heart. And I tell you till today, 15 years later, they still call me mommy. I helped them. And I, I would say one of the learnings, look at people, look at their faces. Look at their to faces. help people. Yeah. Yes. You know, look at their faces. And understand where they're coming from. Yeah, sorry, I had to share that. Oh, wow. No, that is very moving. I mean, that's, I call it a compassionate leadership, you know. So what that gentleman was not able to do, you were able to, and that's because you, you became a human, you know, and look at these are also, these are human beings as well. Thanks for bringing that up, you know. Okay, so two more questions. How do you remain, stay on top of your skill development, professional development, um, or even books, would you say like top three books you've mentioned winning? I mean, just generally, what would you say are books that have really stood out? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I don't think you're going to. Winning was one, yes. I think that's probably the only leadership book I really read. If I start with books in terms of, it's the Bible. The Bible from a spiritual sense, you have to be spiritually grounded. So the Bible, the Bible, the Bible for me, I've read the Bible. Hey, the, last year. the Bible, yeah, the, Bible, the, Bible. <laughs> the Bible. And the second aspect is the Bible, but it's the Bible from a leadership point of view. The Old Testament. Oh my goodness. You can learn so much about leadership from the Bible. Moses and, and, and grumbling children. And the, the grumbling, grumbling children. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> the stubborn stiff-necked people. And, 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 you know, the Bible, obedience and, and you know, and empathy and delegation. Delegation. It, it took him so long to realize he needed to delegate to 70 more elders. And there's, there's just so much you learn from the Bible. And David and, and just apologizing. I've apologized to my staff before. I, I've come out of meetings where I look back and I'm like, Violet, what did you just do? You were so impatient. And I've written them a letter and said, I'm really sorry. And I felt better for myself for that, you know? Um, so all of that you pick. Leader, true leadership is in the Bible. Let's not kid ourselves. It's there. And then in terms of my more my professional um, 
excellence and my professionalism and, and just keep learning. I'm always on the internet looking for the next best thing in a different industry. So I'm not necessarily learning from my industry. I'm learning from the construction industry. I'm learning from the manufacturing industry. I'm just learning anything about contracting. What have they done? One that tripped me was um, over the years, Heathrow Terminal 5 and how the construction was done completely different from how we would do it in oil and gas. So I keep going on the internet. I keep learning, just reading articles and things I see there. Um, and IACCM, they used to be called now World Commercial and Contracting. They have a lot of material I learned from that. So, yeah, I keep Interesting. Talk about, you know, that cross-industry knowledge and looking out at others, right, to make yourself aware. Because then you can pull up things which you can apply and even just knowing and be able to have a conversation. Hmm. Okay, so my last question, any final or what are your final words to a middle career person who is aspiring to either get into a global organization or applying to aspiring to be GM of a multi-billion dollar corporation? First of all, don't make it a priority. Don't make it a target because people will see through you. It will permutate all your actions. And that's where you see politics will come up and all sorts of things and you find yourself in it and you get yourself embedded in not being true to who you are. Don't make it a don't make it an a nice to have. Don't make it a goal that must you, you must achieve at every time. Enjoy the work you do. And in enjoying the work you do, aim to be excellent in it. And you will keep growing from stage to stage because people will see your excellence. You will shine out. You will do it with such ease and pleasantness. Be pleasant to everybody around you. And it will just go from there. Wow, wow. This has been amazing. <laughs> These are real... <laughs> <laughs> There's a word like that. I mean, it's direct and thank you. This has been awesome. I'm sure my early listening, I'm sure you also believe that. Thumbs up and give this a five rating. I'm giving it a six rating. And um, Violet, thank you for your time, taking time out of your very busy schedule. Uh, again, I don't catch you. <laughs> this is an the Nigerian first that Violet is, I just said, an introvert. So I. <laughs> Until next episode, endeavor to grow, profit, and make an impact. This concludes this episode of Accelerate. All the information links will be down in the show notes. If you have not done so already, hit that subscribe button on your podcast player of choice on Apple. This will make sure you don't miss any of the amazing content we have lined up and rolling out for you. If you love this episode, it will mean a lot if you would leave a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. Finally, if you haven't connected with me over on Instagram and you're interested in learning more about similar episodes and all that's happening before they even get announced publicly, let's make sure to connect over there at Accelerate or Neka Movie on Instagram. But with all that said, I appreciate you being here. I look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. And until I see you in the next episode, endeavor to grow, profit, and make an impact. 